Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. When we step into the sandals of Jesus, we understand his heart. We understand why he does what he does and why he's called us to this world because we feel his heartbeat and we see people like he sees them. And the only way to do that is to have empathy, to step into the heart of God. But when we trade our heart for his, we trade up. Isn't that awesome? We get more features. Come on, somebody. Get a moonroof in your car. You know what I'm saying? Like when Jesus gets involved because he's the establisher of our steps. And so we can try all we want to make things happen. You can try all you want to get that loan. But unless the bank establishes your loan, it ain't for real. And when Jesus gets involved, when God gets involved in your life, he establishes all the work of your hands. And he makes it work properly. Don't you love that? When we trade our heart for his, we trade our results for his results. All of a sudden, it's not on us. It's not on all of our abilities. It's on God's ability through us. And all of a sudden, we start seeing things happen that we could never see happen on our own. That's the transfer. It's when God gets involved and we start feeling what he feels. So today, I want to talk about the secret of happiness. Is that all right? If I share that with you? Hey, I'm 32 years old. I don't pretend to know it all. My grandfather's in the building and much older and wiser and more good looking too. He's a good looking man. There are those that, that are much wiser. Uh, but I stand before you today one that is the biggest learner in the room. I love to ask questions. I love to learn. And I want to share with you some of the things that God has shown me, but also that people that are much wiser and older than me have shared into my life. And I want to share the secret with you, the secret to happiness. We all want to be happy. It's like the goal in life, right? It's like get happy, then everything else is all right. I mean, just make sure we are happy. And so we have this society that, works very, 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 very hard to get happiness. We work for money so money can buy us things and a house and cars and vacations and things for our kids and college. And you know what I'm saying? It's a cycle. We're all in a cycle of working, working, working really hard to get that retirement. Because once we get the retirement, then we're going to buy a golf cart, get one of those communities that we don't have to leave the community, and we can get anywhere on our golf cart. Anybody else have that dream? Get me a jacked up monster truck wheel golf cart and I'd be set. <laughs> Retirement is going to be golden. Uh, but we all work for these things that make us happy. But the true secret happiness I want to talk to you about today is actually tied to something you would never dream that it's tied to. You're never going to guess it in a million years. I want to look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 today. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he says this, he says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has shown the Macedonian churches. In the midst of the very severe trial, everybody say very severe trial, they're overflowing, wait, 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 are you reading what I'm reading? I'm sorry, I got to read that again. 
in the midst of their very severe trial, their overflowing joy? Am I reading that right? Very severe trial, overflowing joy. Now, wait, 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 wait. I don't put those two things in the same sentence. Do you? Now, listen. Think about it. Me and my wife, we have been fighting so much, and my kids, they are screaming out the wazoo. We don't have enough money. The loan company has been calling me. Life is crazy terrible. So many trials. But we are so happy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> like, it doesn't go together. So we have to realize what is going on here with a very severe trial that the Macedonian churches is facing, that their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in what? Rich generosity. Now that's crazy because I would never tie generosity with joy. Giving away with joy, especially in the middle of trial. Y'all, have you ever had life hit you hard where you feel like you're out of breath? You're drowning. Things can't go any worse. You feel like you're at the bottom of the valley. And in the middle of the valley, he's saying their overwhelming joy actually came out of rich generosity. <laughs> what? Mind blown. So in the middle of their trial, the thing that actually brought them the most joy was giving. Now let's break it down. Because we have to first off put the playing fields of what generosity is. Churches have a bad rep when it comes to generosity. Let's just be real. A lot of people think that church is all about money. Thank you. A lot of people think that generosity stops at money, and that's so shallow. So I want to get it all on the table today. I'm not talking all about money. Now, you have to understand, money is something that masters us. And so when you're in the world, everything masters you. Making yourself happy, the sins and, and all this stuff all master you. When you come under Christ's authority, all of a sudden you master those things. And so you, instead of money telling you what to do and working you, you start telling it what to do, and you bring the kingdom of God down with it. Okay, so that's, that's the gist of the money. But there's so much more to generosity than just money. If you stop at money, you're missing the point. You're missing the entire point of generosity. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, and we always have to go back to Jesus, because he was the perfect example. God said, I am well pleased with him, just follow him. Everything he does, just follow him and you'll get it right. And so we always look back at Jesus. And when Jesus was in the world, everywhere he went, he gave. Now, did he give money? No. What did he give? Time, his talent, and the treasure. Those are the three aspects of generosity. Everywhere he went, he looked and he said, you're blind. I love you, and so I'm going to give you sight. You're deaf. I'm going to give you your hearing. And everywhere Jesus went, he served. He gave. In fact, in John 3.16, you all know the scripture well, but it's one that we, we quote a lot as Christians is, for God so what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only son. There's this direct tie from loving and giving. And the outcome of love 
is giving. The outcome of our love for something is generosity. God loved, so he gave. He loved so much that he gave the highest price. And when we tap into the heart of God, we tap into a whole nother level of love. It's a love that doesn't just, I love you so much and I just feel so good when I'm with you. I just want to hug you and mm, I just love you. It's, it's past that love because that's the normal love. When you tap into the heart of God, all of a sudden you tap into this new love that drives you to do something with it. God so loved that he gave. And when we look at the life of Jesus, he gave generously everywhere he went. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. He broke down the barriers and walls by his generosity. He showed the world what it looked like to live and serve and be everything. Look what the studies show about generosity. It says generosity keeps your stress in check. Y'all have stress? I got stress sometimes. It keeps it in check. If you give, that's crazy. Happiness at work depends on it. They did a study with people in the workplace, and they had them all just do their normal jobs, but they had a few give their time and energy. When they came in, they gave their time and energy to others, and they gave generously the entire time. And they found out that those workers were actually happier than the rest of all of them combined because of them giving. Do you know that when we step into the reason that we're here, we start living more full and more whole as human beings? Because this is the reason we're designed, is to give. And the studies are just proving what God said before, is that generosity is the, the, is the premise of everything that we do. I mean, you think about the whole reason that we're all here today is because God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that's why we're here. And Jesus Christ came and he loved the world so much that he gave his life for us. And for generations, we've passed down this amazing secret to happiness is love and generosity. It's loving so much that we give. And knowing this secret, knowing the secret is good and knowing principles are good. But how many know principles are only as good as the one who applies it, right? Secrets are only as good as the one that actually puts it into their life. And so you can know everything, you can know all this knowledge, you can go to school and learn all these things, but until you apply it to your life, it means nothing to you. But those that apply this secret, so once we know something, um, it, it's time to apply it. We talked about that last week, is, is moving from the moment of transformation into the moment of application. Because when God transforms us, it's got to make us do something. Because if we just sit with the transformation moment, and we just, oh God, I just love you, and I'm just praying and all this stuff, and God doesn't design us to be safe. He designs us to live an adventure. He designs us to walk on water. And a lot of you have been sitting in the boat. I know I, I sat in the boat a long time in my life, but there's a moment where God drew me out of the boat. He said, I want you to walk on water now. So you have to understand, like, what do you have that God has trusted you with? What's your time? What's your talent? And what's your treasure? In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16, and I love this scripture, 
It says, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. The gift, the thing that we give, opens up the door for the giver, me, to walk in to the great. Your gift is your key. You have keys. In fact, the Bible talks about this. Uh, Jesus says that we have the keys of the kingdom. That wherever we go, we bind things and loose things. So whatever we bind on earth, what does it say? We'll be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven, right? He gives us the authority to do that. So when we walk with our keys, but a lot of us, we don't even know what keys we have. For a lot of time in my life, I thought my microphone was my key. I thought this was my key. I started preaching at 12 years old. I thought this was, was what it was all about. Then I realized that my key to the world is my video camera. What? Now you got to understand. I started doing video because we didn't have a budget for videos at the church I was working at. And so I started getting on YouTube and looking up how to do video, how to edit. Like, it, I was dumb. I was dumb to it. I got myself a nice little cheap camera and started working. And I started, I started studying in the University of YouTube. And I started studying how do I do this and what are, what are techniques and all. I started not really understanding what I was doing. But can I tell you that that video camera became a key that got me into doors that I could never go into. I wasn't the best, but I started doing video work in the city. And little, and I love this about God is that when you have a gift and you give it to God, you don't have to be the best in the business if his favor is with you. Favor is what I pray over my entire family. It's what I pray over myself all the time because blessings come and go. Things come and go. Emotions come and go. Favor lasts forever. And when the favor of God rests on you, everything works itself out. Every detail works itself out. A lot of people just pray for blessing, and they stop at that one-dimension prayer. God, bless me with money. I need money. God, bless me with things. God, bless me with a good career. God, bless me. And you have this one-dimension prayer. You miss all the other facets of God. Because when you only pray for his blessing and not his favor, you miss out on his favor and all the facets that come with that. Favor is more than just being blessed in money. You know that? Favor is more than money. It's opportunity. In fact, the Bible even says it, it's, 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 it gives the giver open doors to the great. There are great people that you are designed to be in front of. And it's when you start using your gifts and start giving generously that you're going to find yourself in the presence of those that God has designed you to be in front of. And it's going to blow your mind. But it's the gift that gets the giver in front of the great. And see, we always want to climb to the top, don't we? Isn't that funny? We see the highest person in the room. We're like, oh, I got to go meet them. I gotta go, I gotta go know them because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get somewhere if I know them. And what did Jesus say? He said, don't become the greatest. Actually, make yourself the least of these. Because when you serve and when you become the least of these, I will put you 
in the greatest of these. I will excel you to the place of honor if you put yourself last. And so if we live a life that we're always trying to get ahead, you're going to miss out on the whole point. Jesus said, hey, listen, make yourself the servant. Make yourself the one that's giving the most. Well, no one else is giving. Well, no one else is doing that. That's okay. God designed you to get in front of those great people. What are you doing to give, to be the gift giver that opens the doors to the great? I believe with all my heart that God sets us up. All of our life is a setup. Man, I believe with all my heart. And if you don't believe me, look back. If you're, if you're too focused looking forward, take a break and look back and see what God has done to get you where you are. If you'll see all these opportunities and times that he puts you in front of people and he, he put this career choice and have you met this person and everything is a setup for this time right now, right here. God is getting you ready for something. He's getting you ready for those moments. But it's when we align ourselves with him that we step into those moments. We have a lot of normals that we come into life with, and it's how you're raised. And when I got married to Ashley, I brought in all my normals, and my normal in life was to live life a little bit spontaneous. Let's just be real. I live life by the, the seat of my own pants, right? Like, it's like, whoa, where are we going today? Let's do it. Let's just have fun adventure. And it was awesome. And I married Ashley, whose life was planned out until she was the age of 45. Everything was in line. Everything was perfect. In fact, I came into that line. It was perfect. And she was super organized. And so what we had to do is we had to take our normals and say, how do we balance this? Because we can't have a life that's all, and we can't have a life that's, we have to bring those things together and align ourselves. You, you have normals that you bring in. Uh, and, and praise the Lord, both of our families were super generous. We were super generous. Uh, my family would give you the, the clothes off our back. If, if God told us to, we would sell the farm and make sure you had it, and we'd go live on the streets just because God called us to. And their family was the same way, super generous. Uh, they were super budgeted and kept. Hey, let me tell you this, too. Because one thing I, I learned uh, from the Kryling family is to get your house in order. Because when your house is in order, you can handle the blessing. A lot of times we pray for God's blessing, and he's saying, get a budget first because you can't handle my blessing. If I blessed you, you spend it all. Get a budget. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is find out what we got and start budgeting it. Start making sure we're good stewards of the blessings that God has already given us so that he can give us more. And that's what we have to do with our gifts and our treasure and our time. We have to budget it right. We have to spend time and say, all right, God, what is in my, what is in my storehouse right now? What have you blessed me with right now? What are the gifts and talents that I have right now? And how am I giving them back to let the kingdom of God come down to earth as it is in heaven? What are you doing with it? Are you budgeting it correctly? Are you being a good steward with it so that he can look from heaven and say, that's my man. That's my girl. She can handle it. She'll put it in the right place. She'll handle it properly so that I can bless her more, so that I can bless him more. So we had to take those normals and we had to bring it in. I don't know what normal you have right now, but I know that God wants to set you up to be in his normal. And that's a life of generosity. I believe with all my heart that the church should be the most generous place on the face of the planet. 
I believe that we are going to teach the world. I know this might sound crazy. I believe that we're going to teach the world what it truly looks like to live in unity. You can have parades. You can have walks. You can have causes for standing for unity. But I truly believe the foundation of unity is compassion and unconditional love. Something that goes beyond just standing for something is what Jesus did. When Jesus came into the world, he saw this big divide between the Gentiles and the Jews. And the Jews didn't talk to the Gentiles and vice versa. The Gentiles didn't talk to the Jews. And there's this divide. And Jesus came in and said, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. He divided. He said, we got to break down these barriers. Got to break down these walls because I didn't come for just one. This isn't how we were designed to be. We weren't designed to be our own person and, and to be greedy in what we have. We were designed to give. We were designed to break down those barriers and love one another with unconditional love. To give. To serve. To be the people that are showing the world what unconditional love looks like. And that's why I love Project Home. I love that we're going to go partner with them. This is an amazing organization that is basically a, a safe place for people who have just had it, life happen to them. They've lost their job. They're going through medical issues, whatever it is. They create a safe space for those people to get back on their feet. That's why I love it because we're jumping in and maximizing what they do. Why? Because we're bringing heaven to earth. You know what's happening in heaven? Perfection. Holy up there. There's no pain. There's no sorrows. None of that. And so what we do on earth is we take heaven and we bring it down to earth. And we say, here's a taste of what heaven looks like. Heaven's perfect. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. Let us bring that down. That's what we're going to do with Project Home is those people that are going through those issues. We're going to bring down heaven just for a day. And we're going to grasp it. And we're going to bring it down. We're going to say, this is what it feels like for people to love unconditionally. This is what it feels like for people to love. And I love that we're getting the next generation involved. Do you hear them? They're crazy out there. They're absolutely nuts. My kids are probably the leaders of all of that ruckus going on right now. I love it because they're going to be the generation. Right now, we're building a culture of generosity that is hard work right now because we're breaking normals. The normals might not be selfless generosity. And given hilariously to where people are like, you're doing what? <laughs> I have a couple of friends that just keep asking me, why are you doing this? Why do you give so much? Why, why do you do that? And they genuinely mean it because they don't experience that anywhere else. And I love it because your actions, your generosity can speak way louder than your sermons could ever preach. Your life can be the biggest sermon that you preach by the way that you give, by the way that you serve. And so we're teaching the next generation. We're, set, we're setting a culture now. It's hard, and it's hard work. And we're saying, hey, we're going to break these normals. We used to be like that, but now we're going to be like this. We're going to give all that we have. And you know how we're going to get this done? It's not one person giving 20 grand. It's not one person giving all their time. It's not one person giving all their talent, so they're going to make it all happen. It's not, it's not Kurt and Sheridan singing every time because they're the only ones we're relying on to do this thing. You understand what I'm saying? It's all of us gathering around saying, what do we have? What do we have? What's the time that God has given us? What's the treasure that God has blessed us with? What's the talent that God has given us? 
and we all place it on the table, the table of change. We say, all right, God can use that. We're breaking down normals. We're making a new culture of generosity so that the next generation, this will be normal. It'll be normal. It'll be normal to budget what we have and to set things in motion and to say, there's a problem, we're going to solve it because we're the ones bringing change to the world. That generation is not even going to know what it looks like to be stingy or to be greedy because of us, because of what we're setting in motion. So I want to challenge you today. Take a breath and look. What's the time, talent, and treasure that God has given you? And how are you using it to bringing heaven down to earth? How are you using it to step into that room with the great? Because there's people of influence that need what you have to say. Not because you're all that. Don't get a big head. Believe me. Sometimes I'm in the room with people that are beyond. And I'm like, God, what am I doing here? I'm the idiot in the room. (laughs) But God has entrusted me with his words, with what he wants to accomplish. Because it was Joseph, if you remember, it was Joseph that spoke God wisdom into the famine that hit the land. It wasn't all the wise men that had grown up and and learned all this stuff in college and gotten all these degrees. It wasn't all of them that brought the wisdom. Who was it? Who's the man of God? And who are you? You're nobody. But with God, we can accomplish anything. And with God, we can give beyond our ability. We got to go back up just real quick. I'm going to close with this. In verse 3, in verse 3, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and he's talking about the severe trial and their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Check out verse 3. It says, for I testify, this is Paul, he's like, I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now, I love this part because he shows they gave everything and put it, whoa, I'm getting into this. I'm going to preach, people. They gave everything, put it all on the table. Said, this is everything we got. And you know what happened after that? God got involved and helped them give beyond their ability. Now, I love this because I don't know about you, but I know I only have a certain amount of ability before I become idiot status. Okay? Y'all know about that? Where you get to the end of what you know, and all of a sudden you're like, I better stop talking because I'm going to start looking like an idiot, right? And I have ability that I can go up to. But it's when I put it all out on the table and say, God, I'm going to give you all that I am. I'm going to give you everything that I have. I'm going to give you everything in my ability. And then he comes in and says, I'm going to help you bless even beyond your ability. I'm going to help you do things that you never could do on your own. But with my power in you, there is nothing that is impossible with God. You believe that? And God in you helps you give beyond your ability. So that's what we're doing. We're praying. God, how do we do this? 
What do you want us to give? Let's not make this a big thing. Let's make this an individual thing. I love God because he speaks to the individual. What for you and your family? What for you individually? What is God calling you to do? What is God calling your family to do? Let us pray. God, help us to see the need, feel what you feel, and give generously like you gave. Because you didn't hold anything back. You gave your one and only son. You showed us what true generosity looks like. Jesus laid down his life for the world. We're called to do the same. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to pray for you today. But I want us to pray together. Because I believe this is a joint effort. I want us to pray that God will break our hearts for the things that breaks his heart. But even more so, the next prayer is, God, what do you want us to do with that heart? It's okay to be broken for something, but then what do we do? Okay, we're broken for, for those that are less fortunate. We're broken for the kids that don't have homes and are orphans. On the, okay, we get that, God. We're broken for it. Now what? And then he starts to call us to do something. It's the moment of application. It's the applying his heart to your life. Say, okay, what can I do? What can I give? What can I be about? How can I use my talent? How can I use my gift to give and see the kingdom of God come to earth? I want to pray for us today. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we pray that you would break our hearts. God, give us the heart that beats after your heartbeat. And Jesus, help us to see the need and help us to fill the need as we gather together and say, yeah, we understand how the world works, but not us. We gather around your mission, what you've called us to do as a church, what you've called us to do as individuals in our city. We pray, God, that you would help us have the ability and the want and the know-how to, to give, to be good stewards, to give the gift that we can step into our destiny. God, I pray for these Take us to a new level of understanding. Take us to a new level of compassion. Take us to a new level of unconditional love and help us to do these things on purpose so we can see your kingdom come down to earth. We love you so much, Jesus. And God bless us as we give today. God bless us as we, we give our, our 10% and as we, we obey your word. But God, even more so that as you lay things on our heart to get involved and, and to, to do this thing on purpose. God, help us. Teach us and train us. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.